0: Welcome to the Choice Happens Podcast, where you can choose different, do different, and become the person you say you've always wanted to be. Here's your host, Emily Carpenter.
1: Dana Lise gang, welcome to the podcast. Thanks so much for being here today.
0: Thank you very much. I appreciate you having me on.
1: Yeah. So I've been following you for a little bit of time here on Facebook and... I knew I wanted to interview you after I saw a couple of videos and actually from the first video and how positive and sparkly you are and you just make me want to go and be a better person honestly so um I knew I wanted to have you on the, my podcast and I realized that what I've been witnessing as I see your videos is the result of many many years of a progression, I would guess, from where you started to where you are today doesn't happen just overnight. So um, I am interested to hear about where you came from and what you're doing and how why that matters because I think it matters a whole lot. And I think hearing your story is going to be helpful to a lot of people who think the words "I can't" and I don't think that's in your vocabulary. <laughs> no at least not for long.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, I am originally from Oregon. I grew up, and by the age of 10, I had six parents. So that taught me how to adapt. And I joined the Navy at the age of 18 out of high school and learned from my commanding officer during graduation from boot camp. His words were luck in the navy is your attitude if you have a positive attitude you mm. smile when you do your job you're going to go far in the navy i took that attitude into just life in general that's great and it was 6 months into my tour when i was raped and thrown off of a 75 foot cliff left for dead and became a quadriplegic i have written a book called falling up my wild ride from victim to kick-ass victory the reason the title Hmm. is falling up is because he may have thrown me off of that cliff that night but i've been falling up ever since and you sure have and i view my life as at this point It's been uh, a journey of finding myself, finding my own voice, and now I get to help others find their voice through my story. When I was first injured, I was paralyzed from the neck down. Completely not even able to breathe on my own, and many things take our voices away, be it For me, the military, broken neck, your family, a church, an organization. Maybe there's someone who told you your voice wasn't worth hearing. And over time, I have realized that my story isn't mine to keep. It's mine to share. Hmm. And Dr. Wayne Dyer had me write the book. So over the years, I have worked really hard in my original driving force, was it my independence. I want it above all my independence. Mm. And when I was in the hospital, they were like, Yeah, you're not even gonna breathe on your own. Wow. I proved him wrong there. You sure did. When I was finally on the regular hospital ward, they said, You will never be able to take care of yourself. I was like, you know, they were wrong about not being able to breathe. <laughs> in fact, they told my parents that I wasn't even going to survive through the night. Wow. I did. And you did. I remember being in my room, and my mom was crying. and I don't know where it came from, but I was like, Mom, don't you wish you were me right now? Everything happens for a reason. That was my 19 year old Mm. self, just barely able to breathe on my own, barely started talking. Wow. And you got to believe that at that moment, I was trying to be a rock for my family, but I didn't know what the real purpose was. And it took a long time to figure out that through my journey of recovery, I like to call myself a recovering quadriplegic because Mm. I've been healing for 29 years, and I haven't stopped trying. I've done stem cells around the world. I listened to Manifest Your Destiny by Dr. Wayne Dyer when I was 24 years old. And in that book, he said, you can manifest your desires into your reality. And I wanted to walk again. I had already manifested myself to being independent in a wheelchair and breathing on my own as a quadriplegic. And the level of damage is at cervical four and cervical five, which you have seven bones in your neck. Mm -hmm. I broke C1 at the very top base of your skull through C5. So, you know, if you're going to do something, you might as well do it right yeah you sure
1: did it (laughs) don't waste
0: your time don't want no mess around just get it all done right what that did was make me relatable it made it to where yeah i was paralyzed from the neck down but i could work hard and get where i wanted to go no one at this point can say you don't know how i feel not not one single (laughs) solitary level of of injury at this point can say, well, you don't understand. So they can't say, well, you don't know what it's like to be paralyzed from this point down. You don't know what it's like to be paralyzed from here. And those who have been raped can't say, you don't know what it's like to be raped, because I know that too. You don't know what it's like Hmm. to have someone attempt to kill you, but I do. You don't know what it's like to be me. What all of these gifts were, I am not saying that I'm grateful I was raped. I'm not saying I was grateful that it was attempted murder, but I'm saying it was a gift. It was the worst thing and the greatest gift in my life because it allows me to as wake up in the morning and say, how may I serve?
1: Hmm. Yeah. And I think too, it's a gift for others because you've been Able to share that. That's how I found you because you're out there giving and helping others to see that things are possible that they thought never were.
0: I am definitely hoping that people get that message. Nothing is impossible if you set your mind to it, if you believe it in your heart, if you feel it in your body, if you know it from the depth of your soul. I haven't given up yet. I've been working on walking since day one, working on, you know, the first three years were just getting independence in a wheelchair. And that meant taking my own shower, dressing myself, being able mm. to take care of my bowels and bladder. Because when you have a spinal cord injury, you don't just lose physical function, you lose internal functions as well. And that's why mm. at, at C1 and 2, you lose the ability to breathe. because there's everything right. is connected I s- lost the ability to sweat because that's connected
2: hmm.
1: now, a lot of things I never even considered you know or thought would have thought about There's basic functions that your body takes care of without you thinking about it, but now you've got to think about it some to get it back I'd
0: definitely say the most difficult thing was relearning how to breathe because that's something you never have to hmm. teach yourself how to do, right so I had to figure out. How do I relearn how to breathe? And then I had to learn how to speak and breathe.
2: Hmm.
0: When I first got off the respirator, I could barely whisper one syllable of a word at a time. And being the person that I am, I uh, when I'm, I have a gift of the gab. Apparently, that's one of my gifts in life. <laughs> I, I just knew that if they were wrong about one thing, they'd have to be wrong about everything. And I kept yeah. pushing forward. And three years into it, I was able to take care of my bowels and bladder. And I was able to dress myself and not have a nurse. And I was like, yes. Hmm. And I kept going and I got married. I learned how to drive a big rig. I am the first quadriplegic in the nation with to obtain a Class A commercial driver's license. I mean, I love driving. Driving is one of my most treasured freedoms because it can take me where Mm. my wheelchair can't. Absolutely. And now, well, I took my first steps without assistance, without braces at 10 years post injury. Before that, though, I was still manifesting my way out of the chair. I was hand cycling on a stationary hand cycle saying, I am walking, I am walking, I am walking. And doing that, Mm -hmm. I was able to start standing a little bit with braces and then I would shift my hip and I used adaptive sports to propel me forward. I used the Disabled American Veterans Winter Sports Clinic here in Colorado as my yearly gauge of progress because we need a gauge of progress because when you're trying to do the monumental stuff you need to step back and progress can be kind of slow and Mm -hmm. you don't get to see the big gains throughout the year until you go do one thing and every year i would ski better and i found nordic skiing Mm -hmm. cross-country skiing was my best gauge. I could only go 10 feet the first time I stood up and cross-country skied, And then I could go 20 feet the next year. So that, Hmm. if you always have something that gauges your progress, map it out. That'll give you the strength and the courage to keep driving you forward.
1: I love that. That was actually a question I was gonna ask you is how do you keep your vision over such a long period of time, so your original thing that you said to your mom from a hospital bed was, "I am you know I'm going to be okay. this is yeah. going to be okay." and you knew at that point it sounds like that you were going to walk again, and here you are twenty nine years later, and I just watched you walking recently, you know um i It's amazing to watch and to just see you with such determination. And it doesn't matter if you're going 100 feet that day or 300 feet or if it's a day you need to rest, that you're continuing to hold that vision. And that's something that is hard for a lot of people to keep that vision and to know that if I do these things, this is going to be the result. So I I, I think part of that, like you just said, was um, having that gauge to look at so that at a certain you know at certain intervals you're doing the same thing and seeing that wow I I have improved and yes it's only you know 20 feet this year but that's double what it was last year right so it may seem small in itself but when you look at the progress it's enormous well
0: and I've had a lot of setbacks along the way so I you have to also look at where you have managed to get yourself if you i've had a few years in a row of breaking my ankle i walked i have walked better than i do now i've managed i walked up the spanish steps in rome and there's like a hundred plus stairs to walk wow (laughs) i walked a 5k in budapest hungary for a fundraiser for challenge aspen which is a adaptive ski program in uh snowmass colorado i puked immediately at the end and it took me eight and a half (laughs) hours to walk 3.1 miles but i did it so i know where i have been i know that i can get back to that and go beyond so even if you have (laughs) setbacks because the setbacks are hard Seeing progress is great. It's when you get the setbacks that you're like, oh my God, is this really going to ever happen? Yes, right. it is.
1: Yeah, those setbacks can be very discouraging and people think, well, the, I, I knew it. You know, this is, this is, of course, this is what happened, right? They just expect the negative and think that that's where it's always going to be. But the thing is to just take that next step Literally for in your case, right? Just taking that next step and knowing that it is possible. If it was possible once, it's possible again. And then continuing on that path
0: despite setbacks. Yes. Um, yeah. I, and that's you know, beautiful. I we had a little bit of a conversation prior to this. My why, why I keep driving forward is I said it in the beginning, independence is My number one driver, I Mm. really strive to keep my independence. And if I don't continue to walk, if I don't continue to keep my legs in shape, I will lose a lot of my independence that I have right now. Because, right, yes, I was able to get my independence as a C5 level quadriplegic three years post injury. And it's still doable, but it's not the level of independence that I wanted to stay at. The level of independence that I crave is to run my dog, get up, walk down to the river and swim across. That's the Mm. level of independence that I crave. And I will get there, come hell or high water. I believe it. I don't know how. I do. (laughs) I don't know when. But I will get there, and one of the beauty, yeah. beautiful things of um, the how it happened is I can help others find their why. I can help them find their voice. I can help them drive forward by example. I think that one of my one of the questions is, what is your superpower? I think my my biggest superpower is leading by example hmm. and staying positive in the face of adversity.
1: Yeah, I I have to agree from my observation, just being able to show people what's possible, and then with a smile on your face, you know it. I you you're always smiling. I'm looking at a, a picture of you right now, where there's just this beautiful shining smile on your face and. <laughs> That my really makes a big grin. difference for people. <laughs> the Cheshire Cat grin, <laughs> but it's sincere. Cheshire, I think, is uh, an insincere grin, perhaps. But yours, I I feel, oh, it's is real. Oh,
2: definitely so. real. I
0: only I only say it's yes. the Cheshire Cat because I show every one of my teeth. <laughs> and I remember <laughs> my mom when I was I in grade school she got really mad at me because one of my school pictures, I didn't show any teeth. Oh, <laughs> I think from then on, I've just developed the Cheshire grin, but I mean, it's definitely sincere. Definitely. I, uh, I exactly. truly enjoy life. I don't see being in a wheelchair as a punishment or suffering anything. It's, it's been a gift mm. of finding out who I really am, finding out the true grit of me. You know, Wayne Dyer used to say mm. that if you have an orange and you squeeze it, what do you come what comes out? Orange juice, of course. So what right. came out of me when squeezed was hell bent determination. And mm. Strength within that I didn't even know was there, and that's a gift. you know I, I call it radical gratitude because I get to be grateful <laughs> for being a quadriplegic I'm, I'm grateful for the how because I can help others find their voice. It's the gift of the tragedy um, I get the the wake that the tragedy left behind it are the gifts of my life. Does that make sense? Right. I think so.
1: Yeah. I mean, one thing, um, and you had mentioned this in our pre-call about Wayne Dyer and, and the reason you wrote the book was because Wayne Dyer asked (laughs) you, Dr. Wayne Dyer. And if, if Dr. Wayne Dyer asked me to write a book, I'm out here, Wayne, (laughs) Dr. Dyer, you know, like if you want to ask me, um, but yeah, it, I would write a book, right? He's like, the person and he wrote the forward to your book falling up and um, so and what you said about that was that he wanted to focus on the forgiveness piece and when I was going through getting ready for this this podcast recording today that was my thought also um, is learning how to forgive so we all have things in our life which are difficult that have things that have happened to us um, we all have Things that could be forgiven, and reasons why you know maybe things we've done that would cause you know we would hope others would forgive us, right, and some of those are small things, and some of them are great big things, and what you went through was a great big thing, um, and you have found a way to forgiveness and what I remember reading about that from from what I saw was that that was a pivotal point for you when you could let go of trying to let, you know, not living in the blame, but instead finding the good and turning that around to something where you're walking today. You know, I mean, that is no small feat at all. Um, so I, I would love to hear your thoughts on forgiveness and how to, because you know it's it is true that when we do not forgive someone when we're holding on to a resentment or anger for another person and something that person goes on living and they may or may not think about it but I know for myself if I'm not forgiving someone that it's causing me a, a great deal of grief and it can result in physical sickness emotional heart you know and heartbreak And it holds us back from the good because we're stuck in a moment and living through anger instead of love. So
0: I would love to hear your thoughts on that. Well, the name of your show is perfect, is Choice Happens, because forgiveness Hmm. is definitely a choice. It's a choice that you will have to wake up and make every single day until you actually Hmm. feel it. And once you feel it, it relieves so much pressure off of yourself. You're drinking poison, hoping someone else dies when you don't forgive. You're draining Mm. your power into them. They may, like you said, they may not even think about you. They may not even care. The young man that put me in this chair went on to a life of in and out of jail for drugs and domestic violence. He also held a woman hostage in her home for six days, reading her scriptures out of the Bible. Pretty sure he didn't mm. care what happened to me in my life. But by giving him forgiveness, lets me off the hook, not him. His right. path is his to walk. And what makes him so angry I had to turn it around to compassion like what makes an 18 year old boy choke someone out and throw them off rape them and throw them off a 75 foot cliff what happened in his Mm -hmm. life because you're nobody's born bad you're like he must have had a lot of pain inside to cause that much pain to me because those Mm. who hurt the most will hurt others because they it's their only outlet of, of their own pain and whatever they went through, they're just bringing that cycle forward. And for me, I'm really, really, really blessed that I with six parents I've always felt loved. And my mom was definitely the be positive person in my life and always would tell me, These are the things I did wrong. These are the things I did right. I hope you go do things differently. Hmm. And I've followed that. And I think forgiveness is such a choice that. When I finally did it, I felt free. I got kind of lost for a little while because I did use the anger to drive me forward for 21 years. I used that anger to Mm. go, oh, you're not gonna win. Not only do I want my independence, Mm. not only do I wanna walk, but I'll show you. You don't get to rip me and throw me off a cliff and try to kill me, oh no. I'll show you. Hmm. And then I started breaking my ankle and started doing this and breaking it again. And I get up and I break it again and it would take forever to heal. And I was like, what is going on? Hmm. The forgiveness liberated me from continuing to break because I I saw at that point that there was another path I needed to take. If I wanted to heal completely, I had to let go of the anger. I had to let go of that hate. I had to let go of drinking the poison and hoping he died. Hmm. And oddly enough, when I Googled his name to give him that forgiveness, he had died.
2: And I felt a wave of sadness and a wave of relief at the
0: same time. Because in the back of your mind, you think, is he going to come back and finish the job? Hmm. I mean, you don't know. And then I felt so much sadness for his mom. Because I thought, hmm. my mom almost lost me. All six of my parents almost lost me at the age of 19. Even though he created a lot of anguish for his mother, she still loved him. He was still her son. So of I was course. sad for the a mother losing her son.
1: And I... I love how you can take that zoom out view of things and see... Everyone as a person, and that you know, different circumstances people become different people, and they do different things, and we don't know where that is or what happened to somebody. Um, and so that forgiveness is amazing. My
0: friend Scarlett me. Lewis call says, forgiveness is compassion and action. You don't know who Scarlett Lewis mm. is. Scarlett Lewis, her no. <laughs> her son was six-year-old son was shot point-blank in the head in the Sandy shooting. Mm. And she was able to forgive Adam wow. Lanza. Wayne Dyer had her write a book. Wayne Dyer had me write a book, which is how I met Scarlett. Beautiful soul. Mm. And her, her formula for forgiveness is compassion and action. And that just it just makes sense. Because if you don't have compassion, you got to forgive yourself, too, because you're like, oh, especially as a woman being raped and attempted murder, everybody's like, oh, what were you wearing? It's your fault. And the Navy Mm. had me sweep it under the carpet and keep my mouth shut. And I thought I had to for 21 years. And then I learned I didn't. And that's when the book Mm. really came about was... I don't have to be quiet and I want to help others who are silenced and I want to help them find their voice. Even if it's, if it's just telling someone close to them, that's a step in the direction towards that forgiveness for themselves. And then mm-hmm. once you're forgiving yourself, you can start forgiving the, the crime itself because of whatever drove that person to do a heinous crime, you don't really know. You don't know what's Mm. going on inside of them. You don't know the pain inside of them. And I said it before, like those who hurt people hurt inside and they're expressing their hurt in a way that a lot of us don't understand, but they need help. They need help too. And so that's where compassion in action,
1: Yeah. And having that, that compassion and knowing that we're all human and then the action of taking responsibility for your own now. Right. So what happened in the past was tragic and it certainly set, um, in motion where you are today, but it doesn't have to completely define yeah. who you are. Because who you are is who right. you are, you know, that, and how you react to that and how you move forward. So you're breathing today, you're walking today, you're doing things that people told you you'd never do again, yep. and you're doing That's-
2: them stays the same
0: well. Through tragedy, you just have to find your way back to it. I was always a pretty happy-go-lucky kid. I just had to find my way back to it. Find that back right. to that yep. happy kid that you were through forgiveness, through gratitude, radical gratitude in my life. Hmm. And it's important to understand that loving yourself is number one. Everybody's like, oh, well, no, you got to love others. You got to help others. Well, you got to love yourself before you can love anyone else. You got to, yourself before you can Mm. help anyone else you got to forgive yourself before you can forgive anyone else because we all think somewhere deep inside even that little bit of shame and blame it's those three fingers are still pointing back at you when you're pointing one out at the other person Mm. and society for rape still blames the victim the alleged rape happened and Statistics mm. are that 97 97 out of a hundred men walk away. Only three go to prison. Wow. Two percent of rape allegations are false, two to three percent. Yet we treat
2: mm.
0: that 98% are false, and we act like 97 men go to prison. It's not that way. Right. And 50% of those who do commit rape will do it again if they get away with it. Mm. So it's a matter of we have to stop blaming ourselves, even though society is still trying to. And the more of us that come forward, the more of us that share our voice, the more of us that stand strong, stand in our power, and not be a victim, because that's a choice. You can stay in that victimhood or you can rise above and. Be the victor. You can have that kick-ass victory Mm -hmm. and say, "No, I was a victim that day. I don't have to be a victim right now." And that's a choice. So your your show is just perfect because there's so many choices that we make, and we can choose another one. You know, one of my other favorite quotes of Wayne Dyer is, "If you change the way you look at things, the things you look at change." I changed how I looked at being raped and thrown off a 75-foot cliff. I'm not a victim. I was a victim that day. I am now a victor. I am victorious because I chose to forgive and I chose to go forward and I choose to go forward today. And I will continue to make that choice. So I guess I'm asking your listeners to make the choice for themselves. Make Hmm. that choice for you. Make that choice of forgiveness for you. It's not condoning anything. It's not forgetting anything. We're taught, oh, forgive and forget. No, you're not going to forget, but you can move forward.
1: Right. I I was listening to something recently um, that talked about forgiveness being a return to our our alignment with ourselves. And so I think that's basically what you said in a nutshell also, is that you remembered who you were. And sometimes when we go through something so incredibly unbelievable that why did we have to go through that, right? I mean, what was, you know, it's, you're this beautiful person who had this horrible thing happen. And, but you were able to say, I, that's not who I am. And this, uh, and so you took the time. And not that it was easy and you said it took 21 years, right? I mean, it took a long time to get to that point, but I think we can come to that. Hopefully people can come to that even sooner um, knowing that it's possible because if it's possible 21 years later, then it's possible anytime that we're able to say today, I want to be me and return to who I am. And I, I just love that idea of forgiveness as, Return. you know, not giving somebody, letting someone else's actions define us, but remembering who we are and acting from that place instead of a specific moment in time. Right.
0: I mean, we have right now, we have today. Who's in your life now because of a tragedy? What events have happened that are amazing that the tragedy put you on that path. I wouldn't have met Wayne Dyer had I not been put in a wheelchair, had I not made made the choice to forgive. I would not have met um so many amazing people in my life. The experiences that I've had, I've been able to travel the world. Yeah, sure. I would have traveled the world as a sailor. But I can tell you hmm. I was seeing the inside of a bar most of my days hmm. because I was a teenage kid and you could drink on base. Right. So I was like, Woo! Uh, you can't now, but you still have to be 21 now. I think if I would hmm. have traveled the world, I probably would have still been drinking and partying. I did a lot of drinking and partying after I got hurt to, tr- to mask the pain. I behaved Hmm. in manners that I'm not proud of to mask the pain. And once I was able to find the forgiveness, I was able to love myself. And a lot of those behaviors stopped. Like, I don't don't drink Hmm. hardly at all. And I'm not behaving in destructive ways. I'm not sabotaging myself in ways that I did before. I don't use, I don't try and find love in a one night stand, because you're always trying to find that love outside of yourself when you're angry. You're trying to find happiness outside of yourself when there's something painful inside. And When you forgive, Mm -hmm. you you get to find that love within, and then you get to project it forward.
1: You certainly have done that. I appreciate you so much. <laughs> Thank
0: you.
1: So I have a question um, that I, maybe this is a good wrap up question. I'm not sure, but so those words, we those two words that um, I mentioned earlier, I can't, I would like to know what you would, you would say to someone who says those words, I can't, whether it's, I can't, um, there's so many things I hear. I, I list, If you ever listen to somebody and like, or listen to people and hear how many times those words come out of a person's mouth. And every time I think, it's just not true. It's not truth. When I hear the words, I can't, I know that I'm not hearing truth. Um, when someone says I can, I'm more likely to believe that even if it seems like a crazy idea, I'm more likely to believe that because... But the thing is when you say I can, it is true until the moment you change that around and right. say
0: I can. Well, I I have a hard time with the words I can't. I have a hard times with the words you can't. I'm like uh <laughs> don't don't say you can't to anyone because your limitations for yourself are not their their limitations for themselves. And when they're saying I can't, right. are they are they really speaking their own limitations or are they mimicking what they've heard the word can't is just such a it's like a curse word for me I guess like yeah yeah if you tell me I can't I'm gonna show you I can (laughs) and I have that has been definitely part of my personality since birth (laughs) you know and I I I feel sad when people say I can't, I can't, I can't. Well, why can't you? Mm -hmm. What is stopping you? What fears are holding you back? What limiting beliefs are you holding that say you can't? And if I held the words I can't, I can't be independent because others aren't independent as C5 quadriplegic, I can't walk again because others aren't trying and they're not walking and i have an incomplete spinal cord injury which means i have sensation and or function below my level of injury and the the ability Mm -hmm. i fully believe that any incompletely injured person meaning their spinal cord is not completely damaged it's not completely severed Mm -hmm. they can progress how far they progress, I don't know. That's up to them, and that's how hard they work. And a lot of people give up after about five, six years. I'm just hmm. not willing to give up my independence. So when someone says, I can't, you're different than me, I'm not different. <laughs> I, just, I guess I just have the stronger why. Hmm. What is behind the I can't, I think is the biggest question.
1: Yeah. I I found that a lot of times behind the I can't is other people and the messages that we've heard our entire lives and that things, you know, that you can't or that because it hasn't happened yet, you know, but maybe it wasn't the right time or the right situation or the right,
0: uh, you know, told them they couldn't, so they didn't try. Right.
1: Yeah. Yeah there's definitely um a a generation um maybe it's I don't know it's not in me right. but <laughs> a lot of people uh, when a doctor says something it's believed to be true because a doctor it's said a it it's a
0: practice of medicine not an exact of medicine
1: yeah <laughs> i like that so yeah there's always okay so it doesn't work that way in my body but how can i make it work In my body, because I'm me. You know, I'm not everybody else or statistic. I'm me, and and then finding.
0: You know, my mom told the doctors that they didn't know the spirit inside of me, Mm. and that she didn't know what fine was, but I was going to be fine. Well, I'm more than fine. I'm.
1: You sure are. (laughs) And
0: having a positive attitude is key. I I truly believe that I take that back to the day I graduated from boot camp. Your attitude is your luck in life. If you have a positive attitude and you go to work with a smile and you get out of bed with a smile, you get out of bed being grateful that you woke up this morning, it's going to take you a long way. It'll overcome and override can't.
1: Hmm. Well said. Dana, is there anything else you'd like to share with our listeners today?
0: I'm grateful for the fact that I am on here able to share my story with them. Thank you for listening.
1: Thank you so much for being here today, Dana. I appreciate you and the light that you put out into the world.
0: Thank you. I appreciate you. Much love. Talk soon. Thanks for listening to the Choice Happens podcast. For more inspiration, go to choicehappens.com. Until next time, think, choose, do, be awesome.